So you guys have been in this series for the last couple of weeks on Christ revealed, Jesus Christ being revealed. And um, I think for, for this topic that was given to me, um, man, I'm so excited when, when um, Pastor Salazar gave it to me and I looked at the, the verse and I looked at the theme and I go, oh, this is God all the way. I love this verse that I'm about to speak on today. So turn your Bibles over to the book of John, chapter 15. This is my verse. This is my chapter, and I have many chapters in the Bible, but this one here is just so amazing throughout my entire life and throughout my Christianity walk with God. And like I said many times before, been raised in church, no church, and I think the fact is, is that in this scripture that we see in the book of John chapter 15, we're going to see how Christ revealed on what to say about our relationship with God. Our relationship, uh, how healthy it should be with God. But not only that, I honestly believe that each person in this room today, we have been through some stuff in our lives. And when I say some stuff in our lives, we've been through some difficulties. We've been through some disappointments, uh, not only just in health or in our career, but I'm talking about accomplishments uh, where we probably have thought that we have seen ourselves. Uh, and we're going to look what Jesus had to say uh, about living a truly sanctified, lifestyle. The book of John, read with me, and it says in verse 1, and it says, uh, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. That's my title today. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit he prunes uh, so that it will be even more fruitful. Thank be to God that he cuts you if you're bad. He cuts you if you're good. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, uh, but thank be to God uh, that we have a God in heaven uh, who will cut you even when things are going good in your life. Hallelujah. Calm down. I told you I love this scripture. I just want to preach it out of this. It goes on to say, uh, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Uh, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me, I in you. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you cannot do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, 
ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, uh, showing yourself uh, to be my disciples. Uh, and as, for, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, now remain in my love. Verse 10 and verse, and verse 11, I can't stop right here. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I kept my father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. Amazing portion of scriptures. As you begin to look throughout these scriptures, it shows you what your lifestyle should be. It shows you clearly who God is, and it shows you clearly who we are as individuals. Uh, and Jesus had a word uh, for sanctifying. Uh, the word that he used in the book of John chapter 15 uh, was fruitful, a fruitful life. Uh, in modern terms uh, that we use today, uh, you don't go into your break room or into your family's house and say, I want to be fruitful. You don't go and say that. Uh, I think the modern term that we use today, that I want to be successful. Uh, I want to be successful in my marriage. Uh, I want to be successful as a teenager, as a young adult. I want to be successful in my ministry. Uh, but I'm here today to tell you, uh, as being saved and being a Christian, uh, it's not always successful. Can somebody say amen? Uh, it's not always at a time of our lives uh, that we're living successfully because we have disappointments in our lives. We see in John chapter 15, Jesus shows us how to live a fruitful life. He says, if you want to live a fruitful life, remain in me. Fruit that will last. I'm talking about fruit that will last. I'm not talking about a banana that you buy at a grocery store and then very next day when you wake up, it's brown. I'm talking about love, a true love. I'm not talking about lust or desire, but I'm talking about love. I'm talking about something that builds a deep down, unbinding, flowing, fruitful that will last forever. We know how fruit is. Can somebody say amen? You go to the grocery market and buy it, and the next couple of days, it's rotten. Woo, I'm going to preach this right here because everybody else is a slap. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, wake up. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you ready? Because here we see something very important uh, in the book of John. Uh, Jesus talks a lot about bearing fruit uh, and about uh, bearing this fruit. God wants our lives to be successful in a way that points to him and displays his glory for our lives. Our success shows that we can't do anything without him. And that everything flows through him. Jesus is talking about having a spiritual, maintainable power. That's what our lives should show. A spiritual, maintainable power. 
If I could say it in this way, a relentless power, a never-ending power, a power that continues to remain in the presence of God. And the question that I need to ask you uh, as, a, uh, uh, as you're here today, do you have staying power in your relationship with God? What does a relationship with God look like that has a staying power? One-third of this chapter talks about our relationship with Jesus. The relationship in our lives is made possible when you and I have decided to remain in Christ. It's made really simple. It's uh, made in this place where Jesus uh, describes it very elementary. Uh, if you look at this scripture and you look at these verses, uh, God, uh, Jesus describes it so elementary where he begins to repeat himself over and over and over so that you can get it through this. Anytime that Jesus has to repeat himself in the word of God, to me, it must be important. Where are you at, moms and dads? Anytime you repeat yourself to your kids, it must be important. Can somebody say amen? And this is exactly what Jesus is doing. Jesus says uh, that I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Uh, this is uh, one of the verses, uh, 70 of the times where he says uh, the I am statement. Uh, statement that Jesus says uh, that I am the bread of life. Uh, I am the gate. Uh, I am the good shepherd. Uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Uh, I am the way, uh, the true and the life uh, and I am the true vine Jesus says that I am the true vine which I begin to think if he says that I am the true vine there must be a fake vine oh God if he had to justify that he is the true, main, genuine vine. To me, there must be some cheap stuff out there. <laughs> Woo, I could go a lot of ways with that vine. But I'll keep it holy. So as you're finding out your flow, when you look at this flow of fake vines, uh, if you have the wrong flow, uh, you will never flourish. Uh, and Jesus says, uh, if you got the fake vine, uh, if you got the fake stuff, uh, the stuff that doesn't last, uh, I will cut you. Turn to your neighbor and say, he will cut you. Turn to your other neighbor that you were scared to tell them that. Uh, you tell them you're about to get cut. <laughs> Throughout the scriptures, even in the Old Testament, talks about the vine. But as Jesus comes along, 
Jesus comes and he says, uh, I know that there was a vine. I know that there was a vine in the Old Testament. Uh, but I'm here today to tell you, men of God, uh, I'm here to tell you uh, that I'm the true vine. Uh, I am the main vine. Uh, I'm the main vine in this place. He says, I'm it. I'm the source. He wanted to make it extremely simple for us. And this is what I love about Jesus' teaching so much. Jesus knew that you and I would make some surprisingly crazy mistakes in our lives. Three things that I like to ta te teach and talk and preach, and yell, and spit about. You all right? You all right back there? You all right over there? Okay, because you look a little scared back there. Let's talk about the branch. He says, I am the branch. Jesus says, I'm the gardener. If Jesus is the gardener, then we must be the branch. And what I love about this is it's interesting that, that we're compared to a vineyard. Some people will say that it's very difficult, uh, uh, a type of farming where it, to maintain a vineyard, it, it takes more consistent care to a vineyard, uh, to hard work to actually garden a vineyard. It's amazing how Jesus describes us as that vineyard. It's amazing to us that Jesus will really say, if I can modernize it in today's language that probably Jesus would say today because to me I found out that Jesus is very rebelish. Uh, Jesus is very savage. He, he liked to stir up things in people's lives. Jesus today would really say as he's comparing us to a vineyard, he's really saying to you and I that our lives are messy. Our lives are like weeds. If you don't take care of these weeds, you don't take care of certain things in your life, they can take off in a way that will harm your entire crop. It's interesting. It gives us a good comparison to us that God's the only one who gives that care. God's the only one who tends our lives. He's the only gardener. Uh, Jesus says uh, that I am the vine, uh, and I've got to remember that God is the gardener, uh, and I am the vine. Uh, Jesus was telling his disciples, uh, he was saying uh, that you can't find this anywhere else. Uh, you can't find this in any nation. You can't find this in any statue. Uh, you can't find it anywhere. Uh, it's only in me. What's happening here, he's telling them, I'm the true vine. And you are the branch. For us today, he's saying that you can't find life anywhere else besides me. Don't ever try to live your life without God. 
Don't ever try to live your marriage without God. Never try to counsel and take care of your kids without God. Uh, you will deeply fail. Uh, you need God in your life. You need God in your marriage. You need God in your ministry. You need God in your career. He is the only way that you can succeed and have life. Jesus said, remember this, it's simple. I'm the only place to find life. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Jesus said we got to remember that you are only a branch. God, this is offensive to some people. Because they don't want to be just the branch. We want to be the gardener. We want to cut and make modifications to our life because you think you're the gardener. I'm here to, to tell you in John chapter 15, he says, all you are is a branch. Nothing else and nothing more. That means that you and I need to stay attached to the vine. It means that I got to be under the consistent care of the gardener. Uh, I got to be uh, dependent on the vine. Uh, but that means is that if you want growth in your life, uh, you have to understand who you are and who God is. We see in verse 2 that Jesus lays it out for us. He says, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. This used to be very confusing to me as I was growing up in church because it's like, I don't get it. You cut if it's dead, and you cut if it's good. I don't get you. I mean, when do you stop cutting? A key growth is doesn't try to be the gardener. Don't try to be the, 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 the vine. You be the branch. Uh, he cuts off the dead branches, uh, and he cuts back uh, the fruitful branches. Uh, oh, I'm about to just explode on this because I love this part so much because there's a difference be between a cutoff and a cutback. Oh, God. God, nobody got it. Only one person. There's a difference. There's a difference between a cut off and a cut back. You say, well, maybe if, 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 if I, I just feel so cut off, I feel cut off from an opportunity. Uh, I feel cut off from potential. Uh, I feel cut off from my purpose. Uh, but here it is. Uh, you're not cut off. Uh, God said, uh, I just need to cut back a little bit on your finances. Uh, I need to cut back a little bit on what you think is yours. Uh, he didn't cut you off. It's just a cut back. You were not cut off, you were just cut back. 
God wasn't cutting you down because what you have done. He's cutting you back because he has something more in store for you. Oh, God. Anytime you feel like you've been robbed, uh, I'm here today to tell you uh, that God is in the works of it. Uh, anytime you feel like all of a sudden you got no friends, uh, God is cutting back your friends. Uh, anytime you feel like something is taking place in your life and it feels like a cutoff, uh, God said, no, uh, all I'm doing is pruning things in your life. I'm cutting back on certain things of your life. This is what takes me to my second point, if I could say, because not only am I the branch, but he will prune us. He will cut you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's just a cutback. It means cut back. And what that means, if it's just cut back, what I've learned, Pastor Danny, it's coming back. <laughs> Woo! When we first hired a, a gardener at our house, because all the other times it was either an apartment we lived in or a condo. But now that we got a house, I ain't got time to do the gardening. But I remember, Pastor Sergio, I came home one day, and my gardener chopped up all of the bushes in the front of my house. Everything. It was bald. I'm like, I don't pay him to cut off everything. Next time I saw him, I said, hey. He speaks Spanish. I don't. He said it's about to be springtime. And anytime we cut back on these things, uh, it comes back uh, more beautiful than you ever have ever have thought about. Uh, I'm talking to anybody in this room today who needs to be cut back. Uh, he needs to cut you back so that you can bloom. <laughs> Woo! Life may be the cut, but God is in control. And when God gives us a cut back, uh, he can remove something that we saw as good and he can replace it with something even better. Life may be the cut, but God is always holding the scissors. I pray that that phrase will change your life forever. I've realized that no matter how life cuts you, it's God that's in control of your destiny. My Father in heaven is the gardener. He knows exactly what needs to be pruned, exactly what needs to be cut back. Life may be cutting you today. People may be cutting you up. But I'm here today to tell you that God is in control. 
honestly, you look at this phrase, it's not a phrase that we really like. It's a phrase that we don't want to hear that every branch that, that does bear fruit, he cuts back on it. Because us as, as human beings and us as people that just like success and a pat on our back because we live today in a, a world where we like someone to double tap our, our Instagram. Uh, we love this world today where somebody gives us a thumb or a heart on Facebook. Uh, and you see, the fact is, is that we always want to be rewarded for something. We always want to be rewarded. Oh, good job, little branch. Oh, that is just, oh, you look so good today. And I know you don't. Keep growing, little branch. One day you'll be fruitful, little branch. It's like Jesus is saying, you're snipped if you do, and you're snipped. If you don't, so snippity snip snip, they'll snip you. And some of you are like, why is he using the word snip? Well, snip, snip, snip. Snip, snip, snip. And, and this sounds really painful if you think about it. It happens to the person sitting next to you. It happens to the person behind you, in front of you. Snip, snip, snip. And Jesus makes it very helpful in this passage between fruitfulness and faithfulness. Jesus speaks at the length of about how we can bear fruit if we remain in him. See, faithfulness and fruitfulness are attached together. I believe that inside each of our hearts, uh, what really drives us and motivates us, uh, rather what we know or not, uh, is the desire of being fruitful. Because I have learned today, people, I'm going to make a little people mad right now, but it's okay. Because people much rather be, much rather have fruitfulness than being faithful. They, they, they dismiss that. Let me go into this because throughout the the word of God, and even through the first book of the, the Bible, the very first book in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 22, God blesses them and says, be fruitful and increase in numbers. And that's all we see. People want to see numbers. We want to see increase. Uh, fruitfulness is not always showed on the outside. Fruitfulness is described uh, as an internal state of being described of what we see of being fruitful, being faithful to God. 
a lot of us want to be fruitful without being faithful. Bless my marriage, and you only come once a month. That didn't go very good, did it at all? Let me preach to this holy section over here. Because when you think about it, uh, oh, God, uh, do something in my life. And you're like, God, why didn't you do it? Well, now you want to pray about being fruitful, and you haven't even been faithful to me? Well, that's just very mean. You don't understand my circumstance. You don't understand where I'm at in life. You don't know who walked out on me. I don't know why I'm talking like that either. know exactly what it feels like to be frustrated when you're giving God everything. I know what it feels like to give God everything that you just thought you could give, but you don't see the fruitfulness. It's amazing that you could be frustrated in a situation or in a ministry or, or something in your life where you have given God everything, everything. You have given and been faithful to him uh, and realize, uh, God, uh, things have not been fruitful. It just seems like you've been cutting and cutting and cutting. Uh, I've been faithful uh, and I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated and I'm frustrated. Listen to me. Uh, I know exactly what it feels like uh, to give some somebody your life uh, to talk and to share uh, and to give them your home uh, and to later on find out that they're talking about you and backstab you. Uh, I know exactly what it feels like uh, to be faithful in this situation, uh, but you don't see souls come in. Uh, you're faithful and you're faithful. I understand what it feels like uh, to give everything to God, but don't see the fruit. But this is why God, uh, this is why Jesus said, uh, then we, even when you're cut back and even when you're cut off, this takes me to my third point, is that you remain in me. I don't know why. It's frustrating when you don't see the fruitfulness of things take place. See, there might be a spouse in here that you will probably have to pray 10 years for them to come to Christ. You will have to pray and seek God timelessly to be able to see that miracle take place in your life. You say, but, but wait a minute. This is hard. I, I don't think I can do this. And I'm here today to tell you Jesus understood that there were going to be times in your life that you have given everything that you could, but don't see the fruit in it. And God says, Remain in me. 
If you will remain in me, I will remain in you. This is so very powerful. Jesus wanted to make sure that we got this one. The word remain appears 11 times in the first 11 verses. The word remains four times in verse 4. Don't you think that he already got your story before your story even took place? Don't you think that he already knew that he was going to see that your spouse walked out on you, that your kids walked out on you, that a chronic illness was about to come and kill you? But God said, I, I got this. Uh, as long as you allow me to be the gardener, as long as you allow me to be who I am, uh, I will uh, do whatever I can in your life, but you have to remain in me. And I've learned this. We want our rewards like that. We want to see success like that. We want to see just because we fasted breakfast You want to see a miracle. But he's saying it's going to take a lot more than that. Jesus is saying, I want you to get this. Abide in me. Remain in me. Trust in me. Uh, remain is to stay in the place where you are at uh, and stop going from place to place. To try to find success in life. I don't know who that's for. Stop going from one relationship to another. Stop going from one church to another church. Uh, stop going to one ministry to another ministry. God says, uh, I need you to remain in the place that I brought you in. Uh, and if you remain in me, I will remain in you. Uh, I will give you uh, fruit uh, when it is my time. The key word in this passage is remain. Jesus said it before he left. I want you to remain. Remain, 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 remain. The faith to step out is worthless without the faithless uh, faithfulness to remain. Uh, you have to be faithful but remain in the presence of God. Remain in me. If I could have the keyboard player come on up and as I wrap this up, because as I was praying this on this topic and in this theme, I think we get so stuck in this place of our lives where we've come to church, we realize that we're the branch. We realize that God is the gardener. But I think the tough part in our lives is that we have come to a place of our lives where 
We're frustrated. Frustrated in results. Frustrated. What's so amazing to me is that Christ revealed the power of success in one word. Remain. I don't always get why it feels like life is always a cutback. I don't understand. But when you're in the presence of God, when you're in the thickness of the holy of holies, you'll understand what cut off is and what a cut back is. See, a cutoff, you will realize as time goes on, thank God that God cut off certain relationships in your life. Thank God that God removed certain people in our lives because all they were was a weight. All they were was a problem on your side. But God said, uh, the most difficult thing is, is always remain in me when I'm cutting and pruning your life. Some of you right now, God is trimming you so much. He's trimming you. And he's cutting you. And he's snipping away. You're like, God, it took me years to get this and you just cut it back I've come to a place in my life I don't question God when he's cutting back I've learned long enough if he's cutting back he's restoring it with something greater something more powerful something that will blow the minds of my life and all around those that always look to see where is your God? I don't like to make long altar calls in this way. I don't like to give an introduction I don't like to sell you how if you come to the altar, God will do something in your life. I like to see the determination. I like to see the hunger. I like to see uh, those that just say, forget this. Uh, I don't care who's looking at me. I don't care what I'm leaving behind. Uh, tonight, if you're in this room today and you come to a place of your life where you say, God, uh, I need you to do a cutback. Uh, I need you to cut off something. Uh, I need you to do something in my life. If that's you today. Get out of your chair. Come to this altar. If you need to have a, a stained spirit in your life, of remaining in your life, you come to the altar. You say, God, this is the time. This is the moment uh, where I remain in you. And you remain in me. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, 
you walked away from God. I want you just to come right up. Just tap the usher and say, I'm here for salvation. 